The sheriff of Monroe County had I show enough disasters on his mind And what would Karen Silkwood say to you If she was still alive That when it comes to people's safety Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Fringe right here on the infinitefringe.podbeam.com and the and hackerhameen.podbeam.com. What's going on? My name is Billy Ray Valentine, and I have with me today a very, 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 very special guest, a very cool dude, friend of mine from way back when, and it took me forever to get him on the fringe, mostly my fault, not really his fault, but still, here he is, and, uh, and, um, it's an honor to have him on. CEO Hayes is here with me from the Awakened Soul Podcast. Make sure you go check that out. The Breaks Media. This guy's founding companies, finding uh, founding stuff all over the place, getting like-minded people together, putting out content left and right. I want to call you the hardest working man in podcast. Can I say that? <laughs> is that something that works? Has anybody else that. called you that before? I, I honestly get that a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> especially like I had I had uh, another podcaster on my show and he's he's they, they've been around. They're not too new, but uh, they've been around for a while. And he uh, asked, he was like, I got to ask you this. He was like, do you have like a team of people that do all this stuff with you? I'm like, no, that is all the videos, the editing, the podcast, wow, the it's all on me man and i'm just learning as i go but i i, I definitely think i'm one of the hardest working people in podcasting yeah, that's for sure that, that, that's that's the title that I'm, I'm bestowing upon you not that it's mine to bestow but i'm doing it anyway um so that's what you will be known as from here on in the hardest working man in po- see it's it, the hardest working man in show business sounds a lot better right for james brown so we got to find something that's catchy and that sticks the hardest working man in podcast i don't know in podcast media I don't know I don't know we'll, we'll work on it If anybody has anything <laughs> else That they want to throw me That fits better Let me know uh, But CEO Hayes man Welcome to the Infinite Fringe Long time coming Long time you and I have been friends uh, Throughout this uh, this podcasting thing This radio show thing We started off doing professional wrestling together Two different worlds But it was inevitable that, that, that we came together at some point and we did that for a bit, and uh, then we branched off 
and you're doing the Awakened Soul, I'm doing the Infinite Fringe, and, and I'm very proud of you, brother, of everything you've been able to accomplish over there, just growing that that machine and uh, doing your thing. This is what you do. It's your trademark. So, uh, Hayes, welcome to the Fringe, brother. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Like you said, it's been long overdue. I'm definitely happy to be here. And 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 uh, I'm so full disclosure. Hayes and I tried this last week, and. Uh, my internet just really sucks if you've been listening to the fringe you know it does because it's uh, especially the last episode of the fringe um my my connection dropped in the middle of the show live on air so i had to scramble and get it all back together and when i got back on air my internet my, my microphone settings weren't exactly the best and that came across um for the the listening audience you can you can hear the difference um but anyway, same thing happened uh, when we tried to do this the first time, Hayes and I. So we're going to try to do this again. Uh, this time, hopefully, it goes off without a hitch. We're talking Michael Jackson. We're talking leaving Neverland. Um, but before that, I, I also brought up the fact that this man is responsible for the Andrew Bello. Okay, so anybody that has an issue um, you know, with the Andrew Bello and everything <laughs> he says and all the hate mail and stuff, don't send it to me. Send it to CEO Hayes. This is the guy that discovered him. He wouldn't be doing podcast if it wasn't for CEO Hayes. CEO, you got to address this for the people, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'll take that gladly. Andrew Bellow is one of my closest friends at this point, man. And, you know, yeah, he says some shit that pisses some people off, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 it all comes with the territory, man. Andrew Bellow, shout out to Bellow. Yeah, shouts, shouts to Bellow. Um. I don't I don't think I, I am going I'm going too far by saying this, but I think he's probably the best in the game right now. I mean, really, really like I mean, just raw talent. I, I've only I've only come across two people like that, him being one of them, fame black being another, you know, but Jesus Christ is just su such a talented cat. And um, I mean, you have to be commended for for a having your ear to the ground and being able to pick this out. So good for you, Hayes. Man, thank you. I, I guess I could say thank you for that. But yeah, he's definitely one of the most talented people I've ever met. I, I, him and Fame both, like they have so much talent that it's it's honestly ridiculous. And I'm yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> like it, it is like Bello sings. Like the first time I heard him sing, I was like, what the what do, what don't you do? So, yeah, definitely, definitely too talented cast. Well, he, he doesn't quite get it about Trump, but that's about it. Other, other than that, <laughs> other than that, he'd be he'd be 100. But anyway, uh, I am jealous, too, by the way. And, and you are also immensely talented. Otherwise, um, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. And you know this. But anyway, enough, enough of this love fest. But you guys, listen, to the audience, you guys got to understand, this is my brother. I haven't had him on here ever. So I got to tell him how great he is. I have to do it on my, on my platform. He always shouts me out, always. You will always do that, and I appreciate it. I listen to The Awakened Soul every chance I get, almost every week lately since I've, since I've had some more time on my hands. Um, it's a good companion in the morning. Sometimes I wasn't able to listen to it, but... But uh, tell the people off bat, we're going to talk Michael Jackson and we're going to talk this whole con controversy that's going down. But tell the people off bat where they can hear your stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, before I do it, let me say, because I know it is a love fest, but I, I got to say you've, you've big up me a lot. There would not be an awakened soul, honestly, if it wasn't for the Infinite Fringe. Listen to the Infinite Fringe made me comfortable to step away from wrestling. 
Um, so I want to commend you for that because, you know, what you do on Infinite Fringe is, is very different from what I do in The Awakened Soul. But listening to it was like, you know what? I got a lot to say about some other stuff. Let me let me try to throw my hat in the ring. So hats off to you, man. For really? Being I didn't know that. I, I, I promise you. I prom- I think it was. You could probably ask Fame. I believe it was Fame because when I first found out you did the Infinite Fringe, because I didn't know about it at first, I listened and I was like, God, "Damn, he he knows his shit." And of course, I went down the rabbit hole with conspiracy theories and stuff that you talked about. But it was the fact that we were both in the wrestling world, and you stepped completely away from that to do something that you were passionate about. I was like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna step out too. So yeah. It, if you didn't know, now you know. That, that's not hyperbole at all. That is 100% fact. Oh, very cool, man. It makes me feel good. That, that's an honor, to be honest with you. Um, it, it makes me feel like I've, I've done something. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Um, all right. That's it. I promise. No more for the rest of the episode. Michael <laughs> Jackson, damn it. That's what we're talking, right? So uh, leaving Neverland documentary took the freaking world by storm. It was crazy from the get, right? So I've already seen it. Hayes has already seen it. The world has already seen it. And uh, everybody has given their two cents about it. I know the Conspiracy Horsemen covered it. They covered it on Russo brand. Uh, Alex Jones has covered it. Joe Rogan. I mean, you just name whomever and they've covered it. Uh, It was almost like an impulse cover. It's been about a week, uh, a little over a week since uh, these things have come out. The dust has kind of settled um, and in our last conversation, we were talking about, were we going to be able to listen to Michael Jackson? And, uh, since then, you know, cause Michael Jackson comes up on my podcast regularly. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. I'm a Motown fan. I'm a music fan in general. So, um, I had Jackson five on my iPod and almost every Michael Jackson album with the exception of blood on the dance floor. On my, on my iPod, and uh, I want you back came on the other day, and that's with the Jackson Five, and it's a classic, classic American song. I call it American, but it's a worldwide uh, song. It's it's an imprint on humanity, and, and you think I'm going too far by saying something like that? I'm really not. Michael Jackson was the biggest star in the history of stardom. Um, in modern day, you know, popular culture, it's been Michael Jackson. I don't think anybody would debate me on that. And if 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 you want to, I'll invite it. I don't think we've ever seen anybody with the star power, with the influence that Michael Jackson had. And um, I want your back came on, and you know, I had had weird feelings. I'm like, should I be listening to this? But, you know, my, my head started to bop, and it's, it's just an amazing, amazing feel-good song. One, Michael Jackson didn't write it. Two, Michael Jackson was a kid when he sung it, but he sung it with such passion and such conviction, you feel it in your soul. You do. You know, so I'm listening to it, and I'm like, this is just epic, an epic, epic piece of musical genius. So much of Motown was, but the interpretation by Michael Jackson took it over the top. And, and it's not something that I think, I mean, does, does childhood Michael Jackson get the same blame as, as old Michael Jackson? You know, I don't know. All of these things we're going to explore here. But since we've dropped off, Hayes, has, has Michael Jackson 
falling into your iPod, into your ear holes. Absolutely. It was um, Never Can Say Goodbye. Oh, what a and beautiful it, song. Yeah, and it was literally not until the end of the song that I that the, the, the thought even crossed my mind mm-hmm. about what I was listening to, if I should feel guilty. Because much like you, once the song comes on, like... I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm because it's it's a like you said it's a beautiful song. Um and he's a kid like it was just me enjoying the music and I didn't start thinking about everything else until after the fact wondering should I be feeling guilty about listening to this. So it was it was completely done in like after the fact um for me to start thinking about it but I loved the song and I didn't stop listening to it didn't want even make me think to to turn it off. Yeah, man, it's a what what a gorgeous song, um, and there are little parts of different songs that hit me right at my soul. I always say that music is magic, and it really is. It, it legit is. It'll make you feel happy. It'll make you feel sad. It'll it'll make you feel angry. It'll make you feel inspired. It manipulates emotion by the different pitches and the different tones used in the music, and uh, there are little parts of of I want you back when you hear Mike hit that high point. Like, I want you back. Like a little kid, you could just feel it. I'm like, oh, my God, so cool, right? And um, I'm not ready to let that go. And it sounds, you know, I, I, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to judge me for something like that. Now, we're going to go over the accusations of that have been made toward Michael Jackson. And... Um, I, I know a lot of people already have their minds made up, and I can understand why. I really can. I don't want to uh, belittle. I don't know if that's a good word to use. Maybe you can correct me later, Hayes. But I, I, don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't want to make light, I think that's better, of, uh, of these accusations. And I, I, I think that while the people that are accusing Michael Jackson now, their credibility has been tarnished, and that's something we should keep in mind throughout this entire situation i still think it's something that was presented um even though it was very one-sided leaving neverland completely one-sided and that's something we need to take into account but i think when these guys were were giving their side of the story it came off very genuine and very hard to not believe them give me your overall thoughts on leaving neverland brother yeah, I mean, just watching the documentary and, you know, taking it in as the as the piece of work it, that it was, you're right. They, it, it, they, it was hard not to believe him. It was hard not to emotionally react to what you were seeing on screen. Um, and both of them, you know, Wade Robson's, you know, when you hear him talk about how much he loved Michael Jackson, he had the outfit like that was me as a kid. Like yeah. I was a little kid. My mom would like when her friends would come over and be like, Baby, do your dance. And I would <laughs> would imitate all of um Thriller, the whole dance routine as a kid. Like, so that 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 was me. I can I can relate to that. I can see myself in that. And in doing so, of course, it makes me think like, could that have happened to me? I'm, I'm A, I was yeah. never the dancer that Wade Robson was. But I'm just if if I was, could could I have been in that situation? So that's definitely going to get um a reaction out of you. And I think that both these men conveyed very well how infatuated with Michael Jackson they were as kids. And like you said at the beginning of this, Michael Jackson is is the biggest star ever. 
I, I don't really think that that's hyperbole or that's one could argue that like he transcended everything at one point. Um, so it, it, it was hard not to believe them and, and safe Chuck, Jimmy safe Chuck, you know, him, when he speaks of how, how fondly he spoke of, of some of those memories, I'm sure we'll get into that later. It's like, wow, damn. Like Michael Jackson really did a piece of work on them both mentally and physically. Um, that's my, that was my initial reaction in watching it. Of course, stuff, uh, me doing my research, thanks to you again, I researched almost everything after the fact. I never take anything just at face value. So some other feelings came after that, but at least just watching the documentary, I was sitting there with my with my jaw hanging probably most yeah. of it because it was just shocking. Ah, I got you, man. And it's, you said a couple of key things there, right? It's, it's important to realize what was presented for, leaving, for uh, uh, leaving Neverland. It's very important to realize what was presented. This was very one-sided. I'm not saying that this was wrong or that these people are lying or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the presentation of it was to make Michael Jackson look a particular way. And this has been done before in regards to Michael Jackson admitted, you know, so that's why <clears throat> there is some doubt. Even though my scales lean towards, I think Mike did this. Uh, the reasons why I think Mike did this might differ from other people. And I don't claim to be right in any way. This is an open conversation that Hayes and I are having. Um, and, and we're just talking about this and trying to flesh this out for ourselves. And uh, maybe you guys can do the same. Whomever's listening, work it out in your mind or have a conversation with somebody else. But even by doing the fringe or even some of the subjects covered over the, on the awakened soul, you just can't take things uh, at face value. You can't accept things because they look a particular way on television. Television is a, pro a propaganda tool, right? I mean, it's just what it is. Uh, more recently, Hayes, we can look at, and I want to get into Jimmy, uh, to, to Safe Chuck, right? That's his name? Mm -hmm. I want to get into him and, and some of the comments you made about him and how he felt. I, I really want to touch on that a little deeper in a second. Yeah, and then we look at somebody like, like Jesse Smullett. You know, we see a Jesse Smollett uh, um, incident when he was just lying outright. But when you saw him talking on television, when you saw him giving an interview on camera, it looked genuine enough. You you felt like he was telling the truth. You know, I mean, or why would somebody go to those lengths to lie? And clearly the guy was lying. So so this is why we can't take things like this at face value. Now. Michael Jackson, it goes without saying that he had a lot of issues in his life, right? Uh, plenty of issues. Like Neverland was modeled after Peter Pan because this guy wanted to be a child his entire life. Any thoughts on that? Do you know anybody? Like, I don't know anybody like that. Do you know anybody like that, Hayes? I do not. I don't know anyone like that. And, you know, it. It makes you think, like, was he stuck like that because he never really got to have a real childhood? I mean, the guy was famous literally since, what, he was, like, eight years old. Mm -hmm. But I know no one who's quite that way. Like, not to that extent. To make – to be the – like, he, he he explained himself as Peter Pan. That's why it was yeah. called Neverland. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You know, and um, 
that was part of the reason why I started. I used to believe for a long time that Michael Jackson was asexual, that he was just a giant kid in his head. And how did he get that way? He, he had serious issues with whom he was. And I said this in the last episode, but Michael Jackson, I thought, was a handsome dude when he was younger. And, and he went ahead and screwed himself up so much plastic surgery that he was unrecognizable at one point. Towards his death, apparently he didn't have a nose and he had a fake jaw. And he had fake hair. Like he was a, a corpse, a, a walking corpse for all intents and purposes. Um, this is a guy that was very mentally ill. That being said, all the accusations around him, there is a counterpoint to him. That's the scary part. And um, we'll get into Wade, we'll get into Small, Small Chuck uh, very soon. But I want to talk about Michael Jackson and what got him to the state right now because it's, it's um, important for the, the conversation as a whole. So Michael Jackson didn't have a childhood and it's been well documented that his father, I mean, I guess you can say full out abused him when he was a child. Right? At least that's the way it's been painted. That he worked him to the bone. No childhood, no nothing. You know, it, it was all about the music. And he was a dictator. Mike's father. So, with the whole cancel this um, uh, uh, culture, should we even had... And, and this, is a, this is a question that I'm posing to you. I, I already know the answer to it. But I want to get the dialogue going with this. Is this something that we should have just looked at and been like, well, Michael Jackson had been... Um, treated like crap as as a child. He didn't have any any a childhood. He was abused, you know, mentally and possibly physically. So why would we listen to his music back then? You know, why was that acceptable that we 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 would continue listening to Mike's music with all that abuse that led up to the music that produced the music in many ways? Because that abuse led Mike to be the greatest of all time. You know, because he was pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, but no one ever talked about that. But now this stuff goes down and nobody wants to listen to his music. So what is one crime heavier than the other, Hayes? I wouldn't say one crime is necessarily heavier than the other. Um, because it's all wrong. It's all abuse. Yeah. Um, I think crime is crime. Mm -hmm. But I think back then there was like all of, all of our greats, all of our favorites from back then all of that time most of them have dark ass stories dark ass past like it, it they they went through some shit back then and i think that um we didn't have the, a the access to the celebrities that we do now very true um there's not there's not as much uh room for people to share the share their stories with like social media that wasn't a tool back then so there are a lot of people who were who were paid off to just be quiet or just just were just quiet in general um so it wasn't that whole wave of of canceling uh people like it is now um and i have my issues with cancel culture which i talk about all the time on my show i think it's literally come up in like the last four or five episodes but it's it's i i understand it i don't agree with it but i understand it um but a lot of that pain that people go through um has fueled a lot of the music that we all love not saying I agree with it yeah. in this case, but um, if we're just going to start opening that Pandora's box of, you know, what people have done, I mean, really, m like I said, most of our greats, not just in music, most of our comedians we'd have to cancel, a lot of actors we'd have to cancel, we'd end up with like maybe <laughs> 10 people. 
in nobody. All, in all seriousness. Yeah, we'd yeah. end up with nobody, man. Like even those ten people, I guess we could find some something. People go through things. You know, people aren't exactly who they're painted to be when they're the superstars. You know that 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 we look at them. Sometimes I don't even want to know. You like I'm a huge fan of Rage Against the Machine. Like I don't want to know anything about Zach De La Rocco. He's the lead singer of Rage. I want to know nothing about his personal life. I don't want that to ever be tainted for me. Like I just don't want to know. You know, like Mike is unfortunately has been tainted. You know, whether it be true or not. It, unfortunately, it's 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 been tainted, right? So we have but then again, right? And and this is me being worked mentally, Hayes. With what's going on now. Because I don't feel that way about James Brown at all. I listen to James Brown all the time. And James Brown was a, was had all types of domestic abuse. You know, all types of stuff going on with him and his relationships. I, I, never, I, I never once thought, ah, I feel good's coming on. But James Brown beat his wife. Let me turn this off. Like, I never, it, it wasn't even in my mind. But now, with R. Kelly... And with Michael Jackson, I'm just like, should I be listening to? Like, I, I think we've been guilted to it. It's almost a, a, it's almost mind control, Hayes. Actually, it is. It's it, it it's mind control, and um, I'm just admitting that I am being mind controlled in a way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I mean, we really, when you think about it, we all are. As long as we're all plugged in, as long as we're all uh, consuming as much media as what we all do, and of course, in our line of I guess we call podcasting line of work. I look at it as my passion, but it's um we have to stay on top of it, but it's hard for it not to kind of filter in and affect our thoughts, affect uh, how we feel about stuff, make us kind of second guess ourselves. And that's what it's for. Like people who don't realize that almost all media, especially if it comes from a mainstream source, is made to get some type of response out of you or for you to buy something like just really. Um, it, it, that's what it's all for. It, it, they don't just make TV shows just so we can sit there and watch the TV show. They make good TV shows, but it's really the purpose of it is they really want to sell us something or they really want to make us think or, or feel a certain way about something. Um, I, how much pre predictive and, and program TV there is out there. It's really ridiculous when you think about all the messages that are hidden and stuff. I know that's off topic, but, um, no, it's not Go yeah. right ahead. It's all together. Go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's it's there's so much stuff on TV that is preparing you for something that's probably going to come 10, 15 years down the road to just make it rational in your head. Uh, me and you talked about on the uh, Awakened Soul before altered carbon, where people's mm -hmm. whole consciousness is basically on a flash drive. Yeah. If you if you don't think that technology is being worked on right now, so that that way in 20, 25 years when they introduce it, it, it OK, we've, we've kind of all seen it at this point. That's exactly what they're doing. Absolutely. You're 100 percent right. Uh, I would suggest to you that uh, they're not working on it. This is done. They're working on other stuff and they're just uh, presenting it in this way on television to acclimate us. So you're absolutely right about that. But um, I think this technology is is. Um, passe for these people at this point um most of the technology that we see that we're given to buy is a 25 to 30 and i'm being conservative 20 25 to 30 years old um the internet was super old before it was introduced to the public it was military and everything comes out of the military but now we're going to something else then again are we right the television is probably a a, a military device of mind control 
you know, and, and but regardless, I'm getting off into something else at this point. Let's talk about Mike. Let's let's talk about Mike here, right? Okay. So, in uh, in 1993, they hit him with with the first uh, round of accusations, right? The Chandlers uh, were the name of uh, of the family that hit him. Um, Jordan Chandler was the name of the kid, and uh, they accused Mike of sexual molestation back then. And he came out. He did that infamous interview on television um, that everybody's familiar with at this point. Anyway, bottom line, Mike paid out like $20 million to the family of this kid. Um, the kid later came out, according to Corey Feldman, and said that his father put him up to it. Now, the kid has left. He, is, uh, he has um, a different identity. His mother hadn't spoken to him in 11 years as of 2005. And his father killed himself in 2009. I'm I'm just saying, like, what the hell, you know? So the, they're filthy. The kid is rich. I think 15 million of the 20 some odd millions of dollars went to the kid. Went to this kid Jordan, and he changed his identity and left. He didn't want to be bothered, but he didn't want to talk to his parents either, either either for allowing Mike to touch him, or for making Mike, making him lie about Mike. You know, and that letter was put out. So this is why you start thinking, so what's real here? Did Mike actually do this to this kid or did were they just money hungry? That's example number one. Tell me what you think about it. Yeah, the, the Jordan Chandler case is, is one that it, it, it not that it makes you question this because this is a completely different case, but it makes you realize that these accusations that come out against celebrities, a lot of them can be just for money grabs. Um but it, it makes you think it, it make it makes you think what was really going on there. The man's father killed himself as Ray Wade Robinson's father killed himself as well, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, I don't know, man, it, it definitely makes you question everything. And, you know, at that point, that's kind of what started it all. And at at. at at that point, I think that's when the whole wacko jacko thing. <laughs> you took uh, the words started. out of my mouth, exactly. Yeah, and it, yeah. and it's just been down. He he's been a target since then. He paid out. We don't know if it it was was legitimate or not. If this actually happened, but at that point, once he paid that money to that family, it was open season on Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I can understand why. I would never, you know, I would never do it. Like I, I'd fight it. You know, I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am innocent. But uh, uh, the the narrative behind that is that Mike just didn't want to deal with it. It was it was too much for him to deal with mentally. And Mike did have that perception of this like fragile, very innocent type guy. It's like just pay them, make them go away. So you could kind of see that happening. Like in '93, I was like, okay, fine. Like he got hit with it, and there were already rumors going around. I don't I don't know about in um in your community, Hayes, when when you were growing up, but over here. When I was growing up, there were already rumors that Michael Jackson might might have been gay, you know, just just for the way he dressed. And then, you know, and, and it, he, he was different. Definitely. You know, the way he looked, the way he moved, the way he talked. Handsome guy didn't really see him with with ladies. You know, he, he never yeah. you know, they, he had Brooke Shields that there was kind of something there, but not really. You know, so um, those rumors were going around already. Um, and then the, the the child molestation allegations popped up, and you're like, oh man, something's up. But but anyway, he didn't even get indicted 
there wasn't enough evidence for an indictment, I think. And um, that went away. He paid 20 million, but everybody looked at it like, ah, look, he paid this kid to shut him up. And then, like you said, Wacko Jacko started up. Everybody's like, oh, this guy has monkeys in his house. All oh, this, this guy's, this guy's crazy. All this other stuff, right? Then, uh, then in, in well, in '94 he paid, he paid, uh, he paid off the kid. Um, then I think things uh, died down for a bit up until 2003. There was this documentary by Martin Bashir. So Martin Bashir was this guy that worked for CNN. And here's another reason why I'm very. Um, I think twice about taking information from any documentaries or anything like that because Martin Bashir, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch this, Hayes. It came out a long time ago, 2003. But if you get a chance to watch, you should. Because it's, regardless, putting Michael Jackson, putting that situation aside, watching this just gives you a, a good insight as to how perception can be manipulated in an hour or in two hours. Just the presentation of something and what they were trying to present and how they were trying to present it. It's manipulating emotions, manipulating perception. And they say perception is reality. It's not. But to a lot of people, it is. Like right on the surface, they're, they're not going to bother to dig deeper. They're not going to bother to read the article. They just read the headline. So perception is reality. And uh, Martin Bashir did a, did a, did a like a... a a smear job on Michael Jackson, admittedly, by, by so many different uh, people. Um, Martin Bashir caught a lot of heat over it, actually, because he made he was trying to lure Michael Jackson in and, and making him look like a pedophile. And, and Michael Jackson admitted he was like, yeah, I sleep with kids in, in the bed. You know, I share my bed. Why can't I share my bed? Now, two things here, Hayes, and I want your thoughts. One, why can't I share my bed? When a grown man is saying, why can't I share my bed with perfect stranger kids, like, like uh, other f- kids that aren't related to you, even if kids are related to you, it's still kind of like, I, right, you know, this kid shouldn't even really be sleeping with me, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah. um, one, but he's admitting that on television. Is that the hallmark of a pedophile that he's going to admit something like this on on? On nationwide, worldwide television. I mean, and the thing is, is that when he's talked about, he legitimately did not see anything. You can see it yeah. anytime he's brought it up. The look on his face, the way that he he just casually says it. He did not see anything wrong with sleeping in the bed with children that weren't his. Me personally, I think that, that that's definitely a sign of of something being wrong mentally, not oh, necessarily absolutely. a pedophile. Yeah. But like for me, I have children. I, I, after, after a certain age, I don't even want my own children in the bed with me, much less somebody else's children. Like my, my son is five now. At, the, at this point, if he comes in our bed because he's scared of something, he literally has until he falls asleep and I'm putting him back in. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going seeking out to sleep in, in the bed with, my, with any children. Yeah. So the fact that he did that, um, it's definitely something wrong. But I think we need to also talk about the fact that there were parents that allowed for this. Like the Robsons, uh, even the Chandlers admitted it, like uh, the Safe Chucks and countless other ones that felt like it was okay. Yeah. And even in the um, Leaving Neverland documentary, um, Robson and his sister, his sister, I believe his older sister, said, yeah, we slept in the bed with Michael a lot. That's Why would you allow for that? 
So, yeah, Michael was wrong, but the parents were wrong, too. There's no way that I'm allowing someone else to sleep in the bed with my children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very strong point there. How much do the parents uh, come into play here? Like, I mean, they were starstruck, you know, especially um, Wade's parents. I mean, both of them, both of them, you know, in, in this documentary in Leaving Leverland, I'm just talking about these two parents in particular. They were starstruck by Mike to the point where they thought they knew this guy. They didn't know him. They had no idea who he was. They had no idea who he was, but they let their kids sleep in the same bed with him. It's crazy what what a perceived superstar will, I, I don't want to say manipulate because it, he, was it Hayes? Am, am I going too far by saying that he manipulated them to doing this? Or did they just willingly just give their kids over? I think I think it's a mixture of the both of the two. I think mm -hmm. that they were willing to do almost anything Michael Jackson wanted because it's Michael Jackson and they had this um almost godlike view of him of yeah. it's but it's Michael. And I think also he he preyed on the fact that he he's Michael Jackson. He he knows that people looked up to him. He knows that people uh hold him in such high regard and he used that to his advantage. He absolutely did. Now if he did that just you know, like some people don't realize the power that they had. Was something mentally wrong with him? I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Was he a pedophile? You know, I mean, I believe he did some of this. I, I'll say that flat out right now. Yeah. I absolutely, I don't believe all of it, but I believe he did some of this. So yeah, there, he was he was a predator in in a sense that he preyed on people's attachment to him. Yeah, yeah, incredible man. No, I I agree, I agree. Um. And uh, as a result of this Martin Bashir uh, documentary, the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department opened up an investigation uh, with Michael Jackson. They renewed their investigation into Michael Jackson as a result of it. So this is how much power um, these documentaries have. Look at R. Kelly. R. Kelly was just thrown in jail <laughs> because of this, you know, because yeah. of the surviving R. Kelly. Um, and he's another one that lost his freaking mind on on television. And you're like, how could somebody bold face lie like this on television? And it's it's hard for a rational human to understand. Maybe not even a rational human. Let me just I'll, I'll just internalize this and put this on me. It's hard for me to understand how someone could get on television and lie like that. I, I just don't understand it, Hayes. Yeah, I don't either. I think that um, is, is is that a narcissistic trait? I don't think that that is. Maybe I, I maybe I'm using a word I shouldn't be, but it, it's um, it's definitely something uh, to be said about having a, a certain level of mental sickness to be able to just flat out lie mm -hmm. and get so convicted in your lie that. For for the uninitiated, for if anyone wasn't paying attention, didn't watch the documentary and just watched, just saw only this R. Kelly interview, you would think, oh my God, like they're really prosecuting someone they shouldn't be. Like, look how passionate he is, and it's bull. It's all bull. Like it's all bull. It's all an act. He's trying to manipulate people's uh, minds, like he did those young women, and it's just not working. People are finally hip to R. Kelly, but it's it's definitely definitely sick. Yeah, absolutely sick. Um. I want to go back to, to the first case in 93 because the maid, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was for 93. I could be wrong, though. But the maid, Michael, one of Michael Jackson's maids 
said that she saw Mike in the shower with kids naked. You know, that, that's pretty damning testimony against somebody. But turns out she got paid too. Like she got paid to give that testimony. I think it was to the National Enquirer. I think they paid her 20 grand or 25 grand. And she said this, so it, it taints her testimony. It taints her story. So that's, that's the money again that comes into play, tainting everything. So this is, so far, in every allegation that Michael Jackson has been hit with, no matter how legitimate it is, the money issue is there again. I mean, he can, he can always say, oh, these are people that want money. But then again, these are also people that are taking money. So the, the, best, the best thing in, in a situation like this is not to take the money. But no, I mean, I wouldn't want, no, no amount of money is worth my children, personally. No amount of money. And I'm not lying on anybody either, so I, I don't know what the motivations were for the, for the maid. I mean, money, right? 25 Gs. Or, or she was telling the truth. Who the hell knows at this point? In 2005, the Michael Jackson trial begins again. So he got hit with another one. I forget the name of this kid. This kid was in the documentary with Martin Bashir, actually. Hold on. I, I jotted this down. Gavin. Yeah. Arvizo. Gavin Arvizo. I think this was the cancer kid that he, he had cancer. God bless him. Now, um, if you guys want to fact check me, go ahead and fact check me on this. I'm not 100%, but I think it was him. Uh, that hit him with a, another abuse charge. Um, and again, uh, during, during the trial, it came up of that his mother had coached this kid to say different things, to lie in different situations. And she was also in some schemes trying to manipulate ways to get money. So again, it gets, it gets tainted. And this was what was proven. Well, uh, it was put out in court and the jury believed it. You know, I mean, you can you can make an argument the other way that Michael Jackson paid off the jury. I don't know what evidence there is of that, but you can make that argument, of course. Yeah, I mean, the whole um, Arvizo case, that was the young man whose name whose mother admitted to like being a grifter. And uh, she actually used her kids before to get money out of celebrities. So that's why that whole case broke down. Um, and so it, it, it just makes you. Realized, like I said before, that Michael was uh, a, a target. Let's let's not now. He he made himself a target because, like I think we both said, we believe that he's done some of this. But yeah. um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. It, but when when you're in in that case, it it was it was like a perfect storm of you know things against the victim. In that case, we still don't know if it happened for sure or not. We can't say. But that case really was shot down. By the mother, who's who was weirdly named Janet Jackson, um, just admitting to to being a con artist at one point. Incredible, man! Incredible, and and there goes the doubt, right? So you can't blame people for casting doubt on this documentary, which has its own issues, which we'll get into in just a second. That I'm sure you guys probably already know, but laying out the historical uh, background of what's gone down here, it's a lot of questionable shit. A lot of questionable shit. A lot of it by Mike and a lot of it by his accusers. It's just, it's just really questionable. So in 2005, um, the jury delivered the verdict. And uh, after, after delivering for 32 hours over seven days, uh, they found Michael Jackson not guilty on all charges. People lost it, right? The people on the streets celebrating. It was crazy. 
Michael Jackson is innocent. Michael Jackson is innocent. He dies in 2009 under, um, again, questionable circumstances. We can question the way he died. Did he die um, because he overdosed on drugs? Was he murdered? So many different things there. Is he still alive? <laughs> you think uh, this is the infinite fringe, so we're allowed, right? Is he still alive? You know, you can make an argument for that. I think he's dead. But um, there's the Elvis is still alive. Um, Tupac is still alive. There's definitely the Michael Jackson is still alive. He attended his own funeral. Uh, there's uh, some pictures of that. You can see him or something sitting up on the plane that that um, that airlifted his body uh, from, a ne- from uh, wherever he died at. Um, he died in L.A., I think. Yeah. From wherever he died at, uh, they airlifted his body out and you see his body. You see something appear to be sitting up. I don't even know if, if that's 100, but you can make an argument for it. You could go check it out. It's, a, it's an interesting conspiracy theory to go down. I don't, I don't believe it, but it's a fun one. I think Michael Jackson is dead. But um, there was a lot of rumors going around that he faked his death because he was in so much debt. And the only way to get out of it was faking his death. And when he did fake his death, record sales went through the roof and he made a ton. Well, his estate made a ton, a ton of money as a result. So you can make an argument in that way as well. So he dies, right? God bless Mike, Michael Jackson. So Wade Rodson, who Robson, sorry, who had had a relationship with Michael Jackson since he was seven years old. And um, this is the dancer from Australia that Hayes had referred to initially, and he is one of the gentlemen that's uh, giving his testimony and leaving Neverland, right? So this guy won a competition. I think he was five years old, or or uh, he danced so well that they got him to see Michael even if he couldn't participate in the competition. I don't know which story to believe, which side of it. Regardless, um, he performed for Michael. Michael loved him. This guy could really dance. He went on to choreograph and sync to choreograph um, a Britney Spears. He had a relationship with Britney Spears. He was a semi-celebrity. He was responsible for breaking up Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, apparently. Um, but anyhow, before all of that, there was his relationship with Michael Jackson. And um, he was one of the main defendants of a Michael Jackson during the 2005 uh, court case, he got up there and defended Michael Jackson as well as his family did. Got up there and defended Michael Jackson, said that he, Michael, Michael never touched Wade. That he never touched Wade said this, his family said this, never in any sort of way. Um, and this is why this is very questionable. Hayes, give me your thoughts on this. Never touched him, he says. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is. He so passionately has defended Michael Jackson as an adult. Um, You know, I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel. I I don't think it was much more than like five or six years ago, if it was even that long ago, defending Michael Jackson. So why is it that now that he's dead and gone and reportedly you're having money issues that now you're you're a part of this documentary saying the exact opposite. And, you know, he's been asked about that. He said he said that, well, I didn't realize that it was something wrong going on at 26 years old. You don't you didn't realize that it was something wrong about a grown man having sex with with you as a child. 
it, it, it cast doubts. You know, there, there's to be said that maybe it was some mental stuff going on. Maybe he compartmentalized it in his mind to where it was kind of like an afterthought. You know, you've, you've heard these um, uh, rape victims before they like explain it as like the trauma is like you kind of looking at it happening with someone else. And that's how they it keeps them from going crazy. So maybe it was something like that. But again, as an adult to so passionately defend someone and it to do a complete 180 a few years later, it definitely caused a lot of stuff into question. Absolutely, man. And boldface lies. One or the other. Either he lied then or he's lying now. You know, so, uh, and, and both of them were very convincing. So this is where it comes into play. So did Michael Jackson do this to you or not? And for so many years you defended him while he was living. And after he died, then it turns out he tries to get a job as the lead choreographer or something to that effect, like a high job in a Michael Jackson tribute in Las Vegas. Correct me if I'm wrong there too. Um, but it was something to that effect. He didn't get the job. They went with someone else altogether. And boom, then all of a sudden Michael Jackson has done this. Maybe he got upset and decided, listen, I'm not covering up for this guy anymore. Um, that's it. I'm going to tell the world what he did to me or he's being vengeful and he's like, you know what? I don't, I'm not getting his job. I need this money. Screw it. Uh, I'm going to lie about Michael Jackson. Bottom line is he lied before. That's the bottom line. Did you hear anything about him not getting a job with the Jackson estate? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He didn't like get approval to do a movie. And like it, it was, it was a few different things that I, uh, that I, pulled up um that called into question his whole uh standpoint now why he would be doing this and you know i think it's telling too that even in the documentary that they showed in um leaving neverland like he wanted to keep michael's legacy going like it was so important to him as an yeah, adult yeah. and then the moment that you can't do something because of the jackson estate it all turns it, it's it's it just it calls everything into question yeah yeah absolutely this is why this is why there's doubt in my head, even though then you see him there and he was crying, like bawling. He was like, after I had my kid, this is what this is what brought it back in my mind, you know, and, and I wouldn't want anybody to do that to my kid. And he's bawling. And I felt it. I felt it for him. But then again, was I being manipulated? You know, this is this is just yeah. crazy stuff. So the other gentleman, James Safechuck. I, I've done an a excellent job at butchering this guy's name throughout the course of this podcast. James Safechuck. There you go. Um, he's another kid that met Mike um, very early on. He was in, that com in, in the Pepsi commercial, and apparently they captured a genuine a reaction from James because that was the first time he ever really laid eyes on Michael Jackson was when uh, was during that commercial when they were shooting that scene and he saw Mike and he lit up like a Christmas tree, right? So a couple of things here, and you alluded to it in the beginning, um, the fondness of some of the situations that were described, they were looked upon in, in fondness. Like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we had a good time. Uh, I loved Michael. I loved Michael. You know, or it was exhilarating, I think he said once, because uh, according to James... They were going to do uh, sexually related things. I don't know if they were going to actually have sex, but something sexually explicit behavior in Michael Jackson's theater. And that was kind of exposed. And he was like, that was risky, uh, but it was kind of exhilarating. 
But that's the way I felt when I was watching this. I was like, well, what is going on with this? It just looked weird and off. Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong for feeling that way because you're right. Like a lot of the way that he conveyed or retold those stories, it was like they were happy moments in his life. Um, and that's that brings about its own set of weirdness and and questions and everything because like he when he pulled out the ring and he's smiling and he you know he he talks about times like and he he always referred to it as they had sex and it's like it's it, it's it's weird. It, yeah, it, it's, I know, I know. It's it's, it's yeah. tough because it's it's um you know, and I've never been in that position, and 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 neither have you, from what I can tell. Um, you know, so other people be like, well, you know, you they're they're taught or manipulated to love their their abusers, and that there might be some truth to that. I don't know. I'm just giving you my thoughts of what I felt when I was watching this, and I think you feel the same way. Right. And that ring that you brought up, they, they had a marriage ceremony and he kept the ring. He still had the ring. Me personally, I would have gotten ring of, rid of this ring. But James still had the ring. Now, he did show some uh, regret. Now, I don't want to say regret, but, but like an adverse reaction to holding the ring. He, he was not happy about that. He wanted to put away. He said he didn't want to talk about the jewelry at all. Um, but he was another guy that defended Michael Jackson for a long time and only came out after Michael Jackson's death. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to process it because it's, it's to keep, to keep that ring uh, for one, I, I, you know, and me, I've never been in that situation. So I, I really can only say, say it like from, from the standpoint of it never happening to me, but why would I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to keep anything that reminds me of anything that I've been through. I wouldn't yeah. want to sit there and hold on to something and keep it like wrapped up like I'm trying to um, safeguard it. And it's such a traumatizing part of my life. Again, I haven't been through it, so I can I can only say it um, from from someone who who's never been through anything like that. But, you know, hell, it's it like it's. It's weird. It's weird, man. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it to process why I keep it. Not to, not from a standpoint of judging him for keeping it, but just so I can understand from my own mind. And I just can't rationalize it in my mind why that would be held on to. I think that's a really good way to put it, like trying to rationalize it in our own minds because we haven't been through it. So it, it's a different perspective for us. Like we, we haven't. So other people that have gone through this, they may know better why things are held on to or, or or why they look upon some things fondly. I, I mean, I know people that have been through it. They don't look at anything fondly. So that that's why I find this as a very weird situation. And uh, there are some aspects of the relationship that both of these guys had with Michael that they don't look at fondly. You know, but um, there's some that appear to look that way throughout the course of this documentary. It's just like, oh, you know, like, what is this? And and another thing that I wanted to touch on, do these kids, well, all right, so when they were kids, I get it. I, I understand. If they lied when they were kids, fine. But once they got into the high teens and adulthood, I'm sorry. There is, um, I don't want to say there's no excuse. I'm, 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 and, and, and this is part of, of the whole I'm afraid to say shit, you know, because people are going to get triggered or how they're going to feel, you know, but... Don't you owe it to other kids? Like you stayed shut that entire time. Michael's still hanging with different kids. 
if it was such a bad, yeah. bad thing for you, don't you owe it to everyone else to say something? Be like, hey, listen, um, this guy did this to me. Don't let your kids go there. Not a good look. But yet they stayed shut. I have a problem with that, Hayes. Yeah, absolutely. And I do too. Like it, it's for you to hold on to something like this while other kids, other accusations are going out. And I think both of these kids would have been like before the time of even like Macaulay Calkin when he was hanging out with them, like to see that there's a chance that Michael's still at least sleeping in the bed with the kids, even if they didn't know that he was molesting them too, or he was or wasn't, but to not come out, it's selfish. Um, and, and again, that we can take all the trauma and stuff into consideration. This is just high level me thinking of it. What you being an adult, knowing that you went through this, you would think that you would want to expose it once you recognize something's wrong um, with it. And maybe they were afraid because of Michael's celebrity, um, all that stuff, the power, everything. I don't know. So I can't speak to that. But you, you would want them to come out because they could have saved other kids from going through the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So. I mean, and, and that's finding Neverland, but you did say, or leaving, I keep saying finding, <laughs> leaving Neverland, but you did say that um, the, the Jackson is ex- estate or, or uh, the Jackson family is, is planning a rebuttal? Yeah, so this just came out a couple of days ago. So they are um, getting a documentary from their side. They, they say that they have... Um, evidence that they're going to be putting in this documentary as well and and clips and stuff from michael um but yeah they're they're doing a rebuttal and that's kind of um even though i didn't see the bashir um documentary at least i don't remember it if i did you know michael jackson came out with his own version of that after the fact so maybe they're doing the same thing and and hopefully it sheds some more light on on some of the things that call other stuff into question um but again that to just put it in perspective just like this one was very much uh, meant to make you have a negative feeling and reaction to Michael Jackson. This one, the purpose of it is going to be Absolutely. to put a more positive spin on it. So let's keep that in mind. Absolutely. But at least it's happening because it's still good to be able to see that other side of it. Because the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah, man. Very well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to stay stay up on the manipulation of it. And this is going to be very one-sided. Just as ne- leaving Neverland was was very one-sided. So anyway, um, recently, uh, a friend of ours, A-Track Brown, put me onto some information on Ted Nugent. Uh, I don't know if you know who Ted Nugent is. He's a, he's a very, very right-wing conservative rocker from the 70s. Put out some very awful music that I really didn't like, mm-hmm. except for maybe like one song. I did like one song. But um, he's a wild man. He's a hunter. He's all, all a bunch of other stuff. And... Uh, you know who Courtney Love is? Are you, are you are you familiar with Courtney Love? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was married to Kurt Cobain. She was the lead singer of Hole. She's probably a CIA agent. Um, anyway, at 12 years old, or very young, I don't even know if it was at 12 years old, but very young, she admitted this on the Howard Stern show. Uh, and there's, a, there's a audio of it that she said she did sexual favors for Ted Nugent. As a child, you know, um, I, I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but that's been out, you know, and Ted Nugent is still rolling around doing whatever he's doing. I haven't heard anything about that in the news. Um, R. Kelly, he's being brought down hard as he deserves. Um, who's another one? Uh, Elvis had a, a, a very young, what, 14 years old was his wife when he met her? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, who else? We got Jerry Lee Lewis, who married his his cousin, uh, and she was very young, or she, I forget how old she was, but she was very young. Um, Woody Allen, who uh, married his daughter. His daughter. Yeah, man, it's it's sick, sick, and um, all of these people were well, not all of them, because some of them have have come have come under justice lately. But um, uh, Woody Allen is sitting pretty. Married to his daughter that he probably molested as a kid, you know, allegedly. It's crazy. And uh, what is it in these circles that allows for stuff like this to happen? That that this type of behavior is is prevalent in circles like this. And, And in our previous talk, I said, don't let. Your kids go to Hollywood, and I'm gonna say it again today because it's it's that's I think it's the most important thing to take out of the conversation. Keep your kids the hell out of Hollywood. Keep them out of commercials. Keep them out of movies. Keep them out of beauty pageants. Whatever the hell you can keep them out of, keep them out of it. It's not necessary, and it's only a, rep, a recipe for disaster. It doesn't make for for a good mindset in growing up and their physical well being. And quite frankly, it's just not worth it. Go ahead, Hayes. No, I completely agree with you. Um, there's very few success stories. Well, at least that don't turn somewhat dark of kids in Hollywood. Um, you know, when we talked previously before, I brought up Drew Barrymore being hooked on cocaine at yeah. like 11 years old. Um, so even if it's not something as, as wild as like this, like with the molestation or anything, it's, Hollywood's just not a good place for children. Hell, it's not a good place for adults most time, much <laughs> less children. Um, so, yeah, keep your kids out of it until they're old enough. Even if you think you have the cutest kid in the world or your kid's talented and can act or whatever, um, keep it local. Let them do local talent shows. Let them do plays, whatever. But keep them the hell out of Hollywood for as long as possible because Hollywood chews you up, spits you out, and everything else in between that. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's disgusting, man. And... Um Michael Jackson played a big part in a lot of our lives, you know, just musically. I never met Mike. I, I don't know who he is from a hole in the wall, but I love his music. And um, am I going to stop listening to Thriller? Am I going to stop listening to Bad? Um, probably not. I'm probably not going to do it. Like uh, when we first had this conversation, I said, yeah, you know, maybe I'll stop listening. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I am. Um, I, I don't think I am. And that's not because I'm endorsing any of his behavior it's 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 reprehensible if he really did these things and god bless anybody that was affected by it and that's pre that's being affected by that type of behavior right now god bless you i think we're gonna have to go back to trying to separate this the art from the person because if we're gonna stop listening to michael jackson then we're gonna have to start reevaluating everyone else because otherwise you're just a hypocrite I'm not listening to the mic because you did this. Oh, yeah, well, you're still listening to James Brown. You know, you're still watching Kevin Spacey movies. You know, on and on. You're still, you're still uh, listening to Elvis. So what's the freaking difference? Right? So we're going to have to reevaluate everything. What's, what's coming off your playlist, Hayes, if anything? As of right now, I'll tell you nothing. one thing. R. Kelly is off my plate. Oh, yeah. I can't, oh, yeah. That, I can't go he's there. He's gone. Man. Yeah. 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 He, he's been gone. Um, R, yeah. He, R. Kelly's definitely up. But as far as like with Michael, as of right now, nothing. I can't say that that's going to stay true. Um, but yeah, R. Kelly's gone completely. Um, James Brown's not leaving my playlist at all. I just hope 
if anything ever comes out about Stevie Wonder, because that's oh. you know we you've had the conversation. That's my all time favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I seriously would have to probably, you know, take off work for a while and really process my life. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just please, please, like, no. I don't let nothing come out about Stevie. Yeah, you just don't want to hear stuff like that. Um, you just don't. You know, R. Kelly is easy for me to detach with because I wasn't a massive fan of R. Kelly's music. I just wasn't. I loved I Believe I Can Fly, but I could do without it. You know, it's no big deal yeah. for me. You know, but Mike is a big deal. I, I really like Michael Jackson's music. Closing thoughts. Um, I mean, I think we said it. Keep your kids the hell up, hell up out of Hollywood. Um, and stay stay aware. I, I, I know that there have been reactions both uh, for and against Michael Jackson um, after this documentary. Do your research. We gave you a lot of the information here, but there's still more stuff out there. There's still going to be more stuff to come to really get a full picture of what's going on. And I say that with everything, not just with this case. Really stop taking things at face value. Realize that everything is meant to get some type of reaction out of you. Once you realize that, you'll start looking more in, more into things. But um yeah, keep your kids out of Hollywood and, you know, don't don't ever get so caught up in celebrity or anything else mm-hmm. for anyone who has the chance of meeting a celebrity that you allow some stuff to go down that you wouldn't allow for if someone knocked on your door. If you wouldn't allow someone to knock on your door, a stranger and say, hey, let me sleep in the bed with your kid. Don't let a damn celebrity. Do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave you with this. Let, let's talk about this right before we close. I just thought it. You remember back in the day, it used to be Michael Jackson or Prince, who's better, right? And I think I think it was Dave Chappelle uh, that made that joke. Or it was either Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock. He's like, Michael Jackson or Prince, who's better? He's like, Prince won. Prince won that shit. Um, d- did Prince win <laughs> at this point? Is Prince better than Mike? Absolutely. There's no question about that. <laughs> and, and Prince, Prince did a lot of stuff, but... Uh, I, I think uh, he was mostly open about everything. So, um, and he never got hit with any child molestation things. I tell you that much. And, uh, and I hope that never comes out either. I'm a big Prince Mark. Um, regardless of that, it's it's an epidemic. What's going down, and and it happens a lot in very very powerful circles. It's sick behavior. That's it, man. Thank you, Hayes, for joining us here on the Fringe for the first time. We got to have you back. Uh, we got to talk nonsense like 21 Savage and stuff like that. At some point, it'll be fun. Tell everyone where they can find you and where they can hear the Awakened Soul. You can find me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E for anyone who has any difficulty spelling it. Um, you can listen to the Awakened Soul on every major uh, pa- podcast platform. So that's uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Music. Uh, no, what's the new one? Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Podbean, I'm I'm everywhere, uh, and also check out uh, the network that I'm a part of that I co-own. It's the Burks Media Network. Uh, not only do you get the podcast network there, you get written blogs, you get YouTube uh, videos. We do a little bit of everything there. So uh, the Burks Media Network can also be with us. Awesome. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Make sure you stick around. We got more coming for you. All right. Take it easy. Hey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Take it easy, guys. Bye.
myself I'm a man of wealth and taste I've been around for a long, long year Storm many men's soul and faith 